Hey everyone, welcome to the Opera Sky podcast. My name is Ricardo Monegas and I will be your host. On this podcast, we would like to share valuable knowledge, lessons learned, and stories from entrepreneurs, investors, and managers while running their businesses. We strive to ask the right questions and discover insight from our guests so you can apply them in your business and life right after each episode. Thanks for joining us and let's get started. Hi everyone, today we are talking with Pavla Lokayova. She is a senior copywriter and business storyteller. She's gonna talk to us about the importance of uh, content marketing, copywriting and using storytelling in business and your team and all the communications for you as a in your vision of your business. So uh, Pavla has been uh, studying before uh, journalism. She has been interviewing more than 500 CEOs about their stories. And she's working with several companies working in e-commerce e or fintech and digging their stories, telling unplugged stories about the companies and the people behind it. So welcome, Pavla. How are you? Hi, Ricardo. I'm fine. How, how are you? I'm good, thanks. So, Pavla, I, I was reading a lot about you and what you are doing. <laughs> so, <laughs> uh, But maybe you can tell me more about how do you uh, define yourself, what, what is what you do? Uh, yes, uh, so I am someone who always wanted to be a writer as long as I remember, like from a very small age. Uh, but honestly, at that, like, it always felt just something so far-fetched, uh, something super elite that's maybe for a few chosen one, you know. But like, little did we know that the internet will become a thing and it will really change the way we live and create. And So I, I think I was really lucky in that sense because it opened everything and I, I really didn't think that it would be possible to have a career just based on writing when I was growing up. And then, uh, so yeah, so that became a possibility. And now, I mean, oh my God, you have like so many, like even in content marketing, you have so many niches. And so yeah, so throughout my professional life, I have been on and off between content creation or copywriting and journalism, which is another like passion of mine. Like for me, they're kind of like two different tracks, but also there's a lot of they have in common. So I think I have been, um, Like I have been always enjoying one and then maybe at some point it was too much. For example, in journalism, you know, it's like very, um, it's a very stressful work. I was even editor in chief of this like starting magazine that we, we built actually, we de developed. Uh, it was about business and sales and it was, um, I've been there for four years and it was a hell of a ride. Uh, but yeah, I was, I was completely tired and burnt out toward the, the end and then I went Uh, back to copywriting and before I was before that I was also a copywriter and uh, Yeah, so so I, I think I, I I am able or I I'm trying to be able to merge the two worlds and take uh, You know what's the best from from both of them and in the past um, I would say f So I've been professionally writing for almost 15 years and in the past five I've been really trying to find my niche Uh, because again, it was like this journalism thing, but also within within content, you can 
be a website copywriter you can be like my, my starting point was actually um, like the first online stores in the Czech Republic back in 2006 like it was actually crazy like <laughs> nobody shopped online then but they were already they were already starting um, and uh, you know so yeah so I, I was also like I was in advertising agency and I tried different shoes and um, I, I mean, social media is also something that at some point everybody was obsessed with. And I found my, uh, I don't know, mojo, my niche in, uh, in long form content and mostly long form B2B for e-commerce, for uh, fintech, for these sort of companies. And my angle really is storytelling uh, because the other passion of mine or the other track of what I do uh, is um, I help founders or even companies in general because it's a lot connected. I help them uh, tell the, find and tell their stories authentically. And um, mm -hmm. yeah, so I forgot okay. there was there was like one concluding thought that I forgot. But anyway, so this is the the niche that I uh, that I found recently and where I'm at. And the only so it, it feels like two tracks. Like I do B two B content that's mostly you know B two B. So it's it's uh, blog posts and, and white papers and like long form things and it's uh, it's directed toward mostly you know customer it's like it's marketing test texts and then on the other hand i'm helping founders to actually be really vulnerable when they like get into like why they started the business and what the story is and what the story of the company is uh, but i i see like it's connected in million different ways and the only overarching theme sort of that I was able to find is storytelling because in both you sort of tell stories sometimes you know in the b2b it's more database stories but also like to remember numbers to remember facts you need to tell it in a story so I see how this is connected and the, yeah and the closing thought was that I actually discovered all that uh, when I was sitting on those both chairs of journalism and and content and I was uh, interviewing all these CEOs that you mentioned, I think at this point it's like 600, uh, which is crazy. Like, I don't even know. <laughs> but yeah, we didn't stop back then. Like, we were just like working nonstop. And uh, it, it was through there that I realized that the, the, the two worlds of like telling actually a story that sells, uh, but also like you're telling the founder's story. So it came from there, actually, from interviewing people. Okay. And you're talking about storytelling, so uh, how can people understand what does it mean storytelling and, and using it as a way to uh, communicate the vision of a business and so on? So can you tell us yeah. a bit about what does it mean storytelling for you and how it is, let's say, wrap it to, <laughs> to yeah. help businesses to engage with their uh, audience, let's say? So um, <laughs> it's awesome that you ask what does it mean to, for me or what's my angle uh, because uh, honestly there are so many and now it's becoming or it, it has become uh, not even like no, not really a buzzword but it, 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 it's really becoming big and I remember last year I was doing this uh, workshop for a, uh, for a company in vegan space and um, I remember I was going through all these like definitions and stuff and and there are so many, like there are so many, but really in essence, it comes down to stories is how we are wired. And I'm not really saying anything new here, but um, 
every time any definition about storytelling uh, goes back to when uh, you know people sat by the campfire and they they shared stories and this is how you preserved the knowledge uh, essentially and how you you know could remember things back before people were even able to write them and there's uh, there's a lot of uh, what to, how to how to call it like psychological or even like neuro neuroscientific um, explanation why storytelling works and why it works in marketing and it, it really comes down to how our brains are wired so we remember stories and uh, there was a research uh, that's like one of the like, <laughs> I forgot all these definitions because they like they all had uh, like this basic in common but there was one uh, number um, they say it's 44 times more likely to remember a fact, uh, to remember a number that you would otherwise forget uh, if you connect it to a story, you know, that's memorable. So this is how we, you know, communicate and how we really uh, are able to make sense of things as well, how we kind of find out about what's going on in the world. and if like the world we live in is, is good or bad, we really kind of evaluate everything through stories. Okay, and how do you work with companies about uh, the value of storytelling? Of course, I see that, yes, of course, we are of course telling stories, we, we are used to it on movies and TV series and so on, right? Yeah. Or even uh, talking between our, ourselves. Uh, but how do you communicate to companies yeah, about yeah, yeah, yeah. the value of investing time and effort into these? Uh, because maybe they, of course, they have a lot of other expenses or stuff like that. So how 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 Absolutely. does it work on on that perspective for for businesses from your point of view? Absolutely. So I think I forgot to answer the second part of your last question, which was like, how does it play? in the whole like what a company does and so how how does it play play out in business okay. and for me how i understand storytelling um is uh you know you have like all these department let's say or you have all these activities that you do as a business you have marketing you have branding you have sales um or business development um, and, and so on and so forth uh, what storytelling does, it, it mostly, it actually goes through everything to some point, but of course in the sense of uh, being a content creator and in which space I work, it mostly connects to marketing and especially online content marketing and then branding. And, and storytelling is this like overarching, um, or you can Im imagine even like, uh, uh, like a triangle and there would be marketing on one end, branding on the other. and probably you can put sales or something like acquisition-like on the third one. And, and storytelling is what fills the triangle. Like it's kind of the, you know, it's like everywhere. I'm <laughs> looking for the right word. And uh, what I found, like what, what I actually meet a lot is um, this notion that uh, company will only 
will only make a content about the product or about like the features or maybe the emotional features of the uh, of the product uh, not realizing that they have more interesting stories to tell and when I come to a company uh, most of my work is actually helping them realize that they have interesting stories to tell and um, including you know the founder stories but also uh, the company's growth stories the industry stories uh, meaning why you even do what you do not not really related to the product but what the sort of what the what's the change you want to make uh, in the industry like why do you exist what are you striving for and uh, all that um, to answer your question about like why to devote attention and budget um, you know I work mostly with so apart from the fact that okay I would say like on a macro level it is where the world is going uh, the most conversation is happening online and uh, brands are increasingly taking care of or maybe taking interest of uh, of their you know name of of um, are they seen online are they visible are they uh, relevant um, are they actually you know able to sell um, somehow online um, so that's like the macro level and I think with the with the COVID it really became more not in every space uh, but in in the companies that perhaps before didn't didn't pay that much attention to that uh, they became like increasingly interested in what it is um, to do branding to do storytelling to do content marketing uh, so that, that that's one thing so the other tendency is uh, and we are increasingly also the, the, the way the millennials and, th and this is a very millennial thing for me to say as well but the way we shop and the way we interact and the way we kind of make choices and stand for things is to you know by like really helping the, or the making making choices and helping the companies um, or buying from the companies or supporting companies or causes even um, with our you know like with our attention and with our money and um, this is I think where it hits for most of the uh, most of my clients first and second um, most of the companies that also before haven't been that uh, interested in, in storytelling and I think that's why storytelling is uh, increasing in, in popularity these days and, and even companies that would like, I don't know, half a decade ago not spend budget because, you know, like that's very extra, you know, it's nice to have. Now see how it's so important to uh, kind of like say what they stand for and um, stay in the minds of people and grasp, grasp their attention you know it can be like done in a, in a, in a million ways but uh, for me like th this is the reason uh, and this is why I mostly work with uh, small and medium businesses and founders and uh, I see kind of this this urge and this maybe even Oh, I see how everyone is doing that so it's like a sort of like a peer pressure I see how everybody is doing that and how it works and and they see themselves 
oh, it works on me, so probably like I'm missing on something with that, uh, if I'm not doing it as a company. Okay, and how does it work more regarding, uh, let's say, a, a strategic thinking of using a storytelling as a way of communication? So, uh, what is the process that you follow uh, when you enter to collaborate with one company? So. Uh, mm -hmm. If you can walk us uh, in the big picture, of course, <laughs> uh, um, yeah. what is the process behind this? Yeah, so I will say that there, um, there are different extent towards uh, how the company wants and even needs to use storytelling. Oftentimes they want to start uh, with something, let's say, easy and with time they are able to uncover more and even open themselves up and be more transparent as a company with their stories and that's a process and and it's not even uh, it's not good or bad to be like as transparent as possible as the best uh, the companies need to like you need to meet the company where they are and uh, some of them you know are not able to so for example i always think of patagonia who are uh, incredible in telling stories and even uh, in you know it, like th in, in the whole sense like as a company they have huge impact and um, I think they are like an example of the leadership of the future but you cannot meet <laughs> like you, you cannot expect to meet a company uh, of uh, 15 20 people uh, here in uh, I don't know at the out outskirts of Prague uh, I don't know digital company um, at the same level so that's one thing you kind of uh, have to respect and and not just like run there and say like oh these are the most like honest and revolutionary stories that you guys can say and otherwise it doesn't make sense uh, mostly it starts with the founder who is also a person that essentially sees the value in storytelling uh, I have this framework of uh, First, uh, trying to understand first the, the, the founder and the company story, so like the, the history and the future and the vision, it, it, it's also quite connected to like the, the values and the vision work and mission and you know all these things that, that companies or startups and companies do. And uh, then we go into, uh, into more of like what we can use actually in the, in the branding, yes, of course, but also in the B2B content, which I will say, that uh, a continuous B2B content is something that the companies are more willing to pay for, of course, you know, uh, than, uh, than, the, than the founder story or like helping the founder tell the story. The, you know, the founders or like the C-level professionals, they are the kind of the face of the company. And so often they hire me to uh, help them prepare for a conference or podcast interviews or a book, uh, upcoming book they, they want to write or just like in general, you know, like to, to kind of be able to even get out there and, and be seen because they feel like, oh, I don't know my story. I don't know how to like in a captivating way talk about my company. So, so this is like where it often starts, uh, but it would probably be, I would probably be jumping from one company to another because yes, then of course, like long-term they want some PR, but um, it's like, I found that the way it's like more sustainable for both sides, 
uh, is when it actually overflows into the into the content. And because I mostly work for B two B companies, then it's B two B content. But of course, it can be B two C. Um, so it, it, it then from the from the founder story, which is something that we usually take uh, like put together in in the first weeks. Uh, then it overflows and I, uh, I want to find out more about their industry and, uh, and what's the industry story. So uh, what's wrong in the industry, what's not working, what is the potential and what are they building essentially and why. Um, and then, it, uh, then the last two parts are what, um, what most companies actually use in their content, which is the product story. And of course, it can be written like not as you know like the features of the product uh, that you would put in a manual, but like very, very emotional and and, um, and and aspiring and in a, in, a, in a very like um, very captivating way again. Uh, and the last part is client stories, which uh, you know I think are also very powerful. Like it works to write case studies. Also to write like industry reports, white papers, it, it really, really works for the space that I am in. And so this is something that's, uh, let's say that this part could take from another month or two. And then you're like continue. And, and this is like where we not only put the stories together, the initial origin stories, and they can always change in time because the, the company is growing and again, is ready to maybe tell more stories and be more bold and audacious um, but then also we continuously create content for their blogs and you know for their customers essentially or also <laughs> many companies write for their competitors or for the ecosystem in general so but most of all yes so it starts from the founder and the continuous process is mostly in the in the everyday content if that makes sense yeah, it makes sense. So, and how do you see these everyday content? So, uh, you use as a foundation to create long format content, and then this redistributed through different social media channels and other other potential distribution channels. Or how how does it work like towards yeah, that? Yeah. Uh, yeah, that's a great question, and uh, you see me nodding. So. Um, what's important in this process and i'm probably also forgetting some steps uh, but the very important part is to um, define what is your and then it has different names but mostly it's used a uh, hero content or like the basic foundational type of content that you write and then you repurpose for like in terms in terms of um, content strategy it makes sense other than you know, like writing for, oh, this is our, how we write on Twitter and this is how we write for LinkedIn. And we create like uh, once a, a week, all these posts and it doesn't, to, it doesn't really bind together. It, and in the end you burn out really and you don't, you don't do it long term. So what really makes sense to do things efficiently is to define what is your hero content. And for many, uh, it's actually a podcast. Um, uh, but I mean, uh, for many, um, many individuals and, and entrepreneurs, uh, for companies, it's uh, oftentimes a blog post, like very, mm, they can have several other blogs, blog posts for a month, but like they 
or we like when I work with them we make sure that one is kind of like a signature blog post uh, it could be current it could be something that they, they only they can write or only they can write from the perspective that they write it from and uh, it could be let me think it could definitely be white paper um, yeah like mostly it's like long-form content but it could be of course like a video as well uh, mostly it's it's a long blog post or a, or a white paper or a case study even and uh, from there we you know we also like kind of find uh, what other smaller pieces of content we create maybe they can be repurposed from some other work from the stories that we already have like that this is where we always look at what are the themes that we found in the industry stories? What are the themes we found in the product story? And uh, then also you take all this, but mainly the hero one, and you repurpose it and you create, um, you know, a, a newsletter uh, flow and you create like the social media posts, um, infographics, uh, you know, and all that. And as per social media, but I think now nowadays it's very uh, actually very common to not try to be on all of them. I think that was the case a couple of years back, but these days uh, companies actually know that it's not sustainable to just try to be on all of them, and and um, usually they stay on the ones that makes uh, that make the most sense. Yeah, and as, as per uh, also as per process. Because I think that was part of your question uh, was uh, as per process. Uh, sorry, I have uh, some window popping up about storage in my browser. Um, it can look as simple or maybe complicated as an Excel sheet. Um, I actually work uh, on like in Excel sheets with companies on their content strategy. Uh, maybe connected with a Google Calendar, so you know when uh, to post what. If there are more people connected, uh, included, sorry, um, or uh, I think Trello is actually quite useful for that, and I think you can even have like very elaborate uh, softwares and uh, and tools. Which I think it can work in Asana as well. Uh, for me, it's more like a task-oriented uh, tool, but I, I I've heard it from someone. Yeah, so so there's that. Yes. I forgot that I am here. I so you will have to stitch this together. Because it surprised me. Yeah. Okay. Uh, okay. So should I? Uh, I leave now and I come back. Okay. Okay. Sorry. I'm
You have been talking about a lot about the process and and of course you have mentioned businesses in general so maybe you have any specific work and project that you are the most proud of till now that you can showcase or that you can tell us or? uh sure and i realize <laughs> as you were saying that, that we are talking about the like the process and why and not about the results like what it actually is going to bring to a company mm -hmm. uh, so i'll start with the with the project in mind and maybe we can we can even uh, get there and maybe what to expect and also what not to expect from from content and storytelling uh, the project i am most proud of it's hard <laughs> but so i have two in mind uh, so i was i was really lucky enough to write a book uh, for a client last year it had unfor unfortunate uh, timing when it came to launch because it was just a week before the the war in ukraine so we are actually kind of like posing the whole uh, PR or like we are doing like a little bit more of a, uh, I don't know like um, like kind of like underdog <laughs> I don't know if that's the right word but yeah we are now now not going for this like straight PR that we had planned but uh, we are we're just like going through communities now uh, but anyway, that was something that, first of all, was a dream come true because I was interviewing women women in e-commerce. And second, I think that's um, you can be proud of the results and how many people it brought. And like I don't know, one campaign was like uh, it brought this much, and and the revenue from newsletters and so on. But when you actually hold a physical book, and I know that you and I like talked about it it's just something different and it, it like clicks sorry uh it it, it really it hits on a different level and you feel like you actually made something and i've never been actually able to and i was able to, to build essentially two magazines throughout my career and i never felt this proud maybe so th this this act of having something physical and of course it's an investment so it's not for everyone and it's not for every case and uh, but yeah that, that was like something that just like even like i was like to, to explore the feelings i had was was very uh very rewarding and um then another thing that comes to mind is uh so for a for a ProVeg international for a vegan certification company we did uh at the beginning of this year we did uh a profile of 20 food heroes for um yeah for uh 2022 and um that was like just I think even like to tell those stories because these these are mostly people who it was so surprising they mostly started in COVID uh, or a couple or, or a year before that and they were hit by COVID uh, but so much innovation is happening in the vegan or alternative protein space it's crazy like just how the industry is moving and the motivation of people which often stems from you know uh, they're either they're respect for animals but also some very personal stories and it was very rewarding and it's also uh, in the space that we like we needed it to resonate in a certain space and it's um, it's incredibly rewarding to also see how how it resonates and how people share it and everything okay sounds great so thanks for sharing <laughs> yeah. those projects and 
you were mentioning uh, just before starting to, to mention these projects about what are the maybe pros and cons of yeah. using or using content marketing or what to expect out of of content yeah, marketing yeah, yeah. So the results yes how how do you measure it and how do you call success <laughs> let's say on that perspective if there is any way to standardize it somehow <laughs> yeah so uh i will talk i think a little from i will try not to be general but mm -hmm. also i am not on the performance side of the marketing uh, usually there's someone else working on on like in in a client team but I would say, uh, so it's, it's important to, I think two things. Content is not just to do, like to do content is not just to do a content, just to do content. It has to bring something and um, how you measure it or what you even go for, it really depends uh, company to company. and. Uh, some of them really just uh, they want to it's more connected probably to to the branding side like they want to be known uh, they want to put their name out there they want to say what they stand for so that people could relate to them and uh, they want to kind of like stay top of mind or be taken seriously again it's like my background in the b2b uh, but most companies do care about being seen as an expert and that alone you know and of course like you can uh, you can measure it by um, different things uh, for example if you have a downloadable then a number of downloads uh, how many subscribers how relevant how often uh, if they have so for example one company has a Facebook group so uh, what are the relevant people that come there and you then nurture them uh, it can be uh, apart from this like micro conversion it, it, micro conversion it could also be you know um, like a, a big conversion like <laughs> or a conversion per se uh, to to make an acquisition and this is like we are going to the other part which is more like marketing slash business development slash sales uh, it could be anything on uh, on this spectrum uh, but the companies I work most with are really they they look mostly at the of course they look at the number but they look at the relevance you know like does it resonate with the right people and are we seen as the top of mind um i don't know agency when you want to expand your your online store to from czech republic to hungary for example and so it could also be other things that don't necessarily and it's hard to measure, of course, but they don't necessarily are connected to content. And it could be uh, from referrals to invitations just to be seen. And um, so, yeah, th this would probably be my try to summarize it. I will also say that whenever I hear, and I don't hear it often, I think it's because of the types of companies I work with, but whenever you hear someone say, like, oh, now we are paying money for copywriting, so it better brings, you know, like this many people by, I don't know, June 20. It's usually not a good sign. Like you, you have to educate the person on what content marketing can do. And especially, and it, 
because the company is a, is, is a living and breathing thing and if you do and you even like you put your energy and money to do something in the content marketing department but then the IT doesn't comply and so it takes time and then the sales is doing their thing you can't really like it has to work together and usually like that's approach like you, you can ap not approach it uh, you can you can get there but first of all you have to take ownership even as a founder or C-level or some like high-level professional in the company it's not only on the storytelling expert to do that like that just would be hard you know because I'm not daily in the company and and second of all it takes time it doesn't have to take much time but uh, I I am very careful if I hear from even like from friends copywriters that like they met someone who said like if we don't have this many conversions like you don't get part of your commission or something that, that's just very puts too much pressure on the content okay but maybe you know like there are probably people who disagree I don't know okay depends <laughs> yeah I understand so and so what is your recommendation for businesses who wants to start investing into into doing content marketing using a storytelling so the uh, how how much time they should commit to do this or let's say talking in, in imagine you are in or it needs to be mm -hmm. an, an, an activity forever and ever or, or from day one or do you think there is kind of a step-by-step -step process towards coming into this yeah it's too much right mm -hmm. you are starting a business and then even to think of your marketing strategy and then also in often often case or in many cases it's even it's even recommended to do the life before life so not even from day one but basically you are thinking of the idea and you're thinking of to building it and then you like share about this um, so I think um, I would actually start with came top of mind uh, what, what went like what I yeah, thought of first I, your personality also matters and of course you can completely outs outsource personal branding there are companies that do that uh, agencies but uh, because I work in the space of small uh, and medium businesses and entrepreneurs it's often you know it, it's like something they have to take ownership of so you have to also know if you are someone who uh, is okay with uh, telling uh, more and more authentic stories or if it's actually a process for you and then you shouldn't want from yourself to you know like commit to one newsletter a week and then like five posts a week and and so on and so forth so I would say first um, actually just awareness uh, at some point of the of the process and then also to take in inventory of what you're already doing meaning uh, even if you are not consistently writing content you are probably doing something you probably have a social media presence or uh, yeah if you're starting out then you're thinking about it of course but you have some history uh, so to take inventory of uh, what you're doing, uh, if it comes easily, if it takes time and uh, the idea is to be able to, and I think that's the main, like probably the main thing uh, in content strategy and storytelling, it has to be sustainable and either you do it by yourself or with an expert or with an agency, I mean depending on your size and your needs, 
you have to be able to kind of be in that process consistently and that means you can't overwork yourself by too much uh, creating too much content so that would be another thing to think of and uh, when I say taking inventory I would also recommend to just go through these five uh, pillars of storytelling that, that, that I always work with uh, which is what is your founder story what is the company story what is the industry story you know, why do you exist why that industry why do you want to change it uh, what is the product story? Why this specific product? Uh, what's the potential? What can it change in the industry again and for the client? And then what's the client story? If you are starting out that maybe you um, have to think, you know, and then you come back and, and iterate. Uh, but I would, because again, as a, as a business and even as you're starting out, you probably already are telling stories without even realizing. So uh, you first need to know what they are and what they could be, like what feels not right in telling those stories. Maybe they are too boring, maybe they are too, you know, like sophisticated in this like B2B like language, but you can't really tell it to, like when you're networking with someone, you feel like a robot saying that. So it doesn't feel like, you don't feel like yourself. Um, so also kind of tuning in the, the language of how you tell those stories. Okay, and uh, talking about those pillars, so do you think that the customers or uh, pillar mm -hmm. is maybe one of the most critical ones that uh, companies should focus on, uh, watching it from the perspective that at the end of the day, the uh, the companies are solving a problem for, for these customers so maybe uh, talking more about the customer is, is one of the most important stuff to do as soon as possible or how do you see it? I love that question. I, before I answer, why are you saying that? Like the, the, the customer story, it captured your attention. Well, I mean, I am saying it because, of course, it's like I, I already know about some storytelling framework, right? And, and yeah. I'm watching it from the point of view that I know that uh, I am taking into account as the customer, as the hero of the story, right? So yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so it's mainly because that why I am referring to the customers, maybe. Because at the end of the day, yes, yeah, we yeah. can... Uh, I don't know, the, co the customer can just get to know the founder's stories. But at the end of the day, we need to be honest and say, well, we uh, spend most of our time thinking about ourselves. So, <laughs> and, mm -hmm, and the customers are thinking about themselves, right? So they just care about their problems. Yeah, yeah. They maybe don't care as absolutely too much about my logo or the, yeah. Although, of course, we want yeah. to believe they do, but yeah. So I just wanna mm -hmm. try to, of course they care in some level, right? But we know that it's natural that the prioritization of thinking goes towards more what are their problems and, and so on, right? So yeah, you know. yeah, yeah. I love that. Uh, thank you for asking that and for even uh, like slightly changing uh, the the kind of the way we look at it. Uh, so I'll say that they kind of like each inform each other. So they are very like interconnected in million ways and why I put it last mm -hmm. is 
basically and maybe it's like I didn't really think about it because then the customer stories and also the to, to certain point also the industry and the product stories are the stories that we tell continuously through content so yes they are the most told and the reason why I think I don't start with them actually is by the by kind of like default setting of me coming to a company without really knowing it and so I start actually with the people who created all this you know and yes like there's actually they created it for the other people you know to benefit so of course like the actually the customer is uh, sort of like at the base of it really uh, but yeah I'm, and you challenge the the way that I'm um, like the, my, the, the framework works uh, but yeah it, it, it mainly goes through like the people and then like <laughs> through the product back to the people but we mostly create continuous content based on the uh, or focused on the client stories yes okay well i mean i didn't want to challenge your framework Let's say i love my, that you did my, yeah <laughs> don't worry yeah my point was more about um, yeah but i i now i get it that of course if you are starting the collaboration with a company of course you need to first understand the background of the founders and the company itself and the motivation so then then later of course you get a deeper knowledge uh, of the customers and so on so that let's say yeah, but that's natural right that. because of course yeah um, yeah. yeah so uh, thanks for yeah but uh, it's true i mean it's true like you always focus mostly on the customer and even the stories you tell are like like this is one of the copywriting one-on-one -on -one really rules, mm -hmm. you know, to put the customer on the spotlight. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, would you say, uh, just to give you an example, so would you say if a company is having in their, mar in their copywriting of their website, let's say we are the number one uh, marketplace of X, uh, this is the best approach to, to do copywriting or what are your thoughts into this type of, of copywriting? Mm -hmm. Uh, so, you know, um, that there's also a thing about like you do this groundwork that takes months mm -hmm. to be able to sometimes, you know, put it in a claim uh, that, that, you know, really works. And I remember that you had one of your guests who have one of the first marketplace in, in an environmental space. Mm -hmm. And that actually for me was very captivating. And I think if because then again, it's like kind of connecting a lot of these levels of stories and it says like, what are you trying to change in the industry? And I think like that's something, a sentence that could actually really draw attention. And if that's true for you, if you're first, uh, yeah, you know, uh, of course, then yeah. maybe, maybe I made the wrong example about that. Okay, uh, sure. Yeah, I get it in that context. Yes, because of course, if you are really, really the no, the first one maybe yes of course it, it's not a false claim maybe right but uh -huh, then sir. but then what i see a lot happening in the industry in different industries is that then you say well we are the best x so uh we are the best in y oh, yeah. so okay so maybe my mistake was my mistake saying the first it was more about that when you claim that you are the best doing x and yeah okay how do people measure that and how do the people how do we certify that that's actually true and 
is complicated, yeah. right? So, yeah, yeah, yeah. so what? Oh yeah, I understand. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So if it's more vague, like if you're not actually the first, or if you're not building the, yeah, the the groundbreaking something, but you are doing something well and you think you're doing it best. I, personally, I really don't like even as as a person uh, with shopping decisions to make. I don't really respond well to this, and as a copywriter, for me, it's. Uh, I mean, it's a lazy job done, <laughs> you know, like you could have really dig deep, like made time to dig deeper and find a way where you really shine and what you can tell without feeling shame to your mom even, you know, because like, oh, we are best at X, Y, Z. Well, what does it really mean? Um, so, I mean, I also, I, I think that it could be because these these companies are on the like in the stage of telling the stories that are like it's not really their priority to kind of like step up their game so okay like fair enough maybe it works for them at, at some point maybe it will stop working for them and they will actually go there and re-examine how they speak about themselves uh, I, I can imagine there are actually I, I really do can imagine that there are industries where this could work. I don't know, like if you're selling turbines for boats, <laughs> maybe it works there. I don't. I really don't know. You okay. know. Um, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I just wanna give you an example about what I what are your thoughts yeah. on on this. No, I think it's very lazy. Like it's. Uh, okay. Again, like if it works, then probably at some point it won't, mm. and you will have to re-examine it. Yeah. Okay. And. Just as a last point on this perspective of example, mm -hmm. so we know that when people is visiting a website, right, they want to understand what, what you are doing as a company, let's say in few seconds or even mm -hmm. less than a second or something like that. So um, what, are the, what are your recommendations? Imagine someone is listening to us about this uh, and mm -hmm. they have a website, uh, they are selling a product or a service. Uh, what is the critical information that should be shown in the first fall of the of the website so that people can understand of course i know it's really difficult to generalize but it's like maybe from top of your mind what are the key elements that people should take into account to put into this uh, let's say first fall of their website yeah um this is a really hard question uh I think especially for me as a long-form writer, mm -hmm. because I don't feel particularly, you know, like a super expertish in, in this field. But of course, again, as a person who's been in the field for quite some time, I, I mean, and that's, that's like, I will <laughs> try not to make a generic answer. Mm -hmm. uh, you want to let them know like why they should care and keep on and either you know like either uh, hire you or or f keep following you or just remember you or mention you somewhere um, the copy itself and there are frameworks for it uh, I, i've seen like there's one framework that uh, kind of like puts together a mission statement, what, what are you creating and for whom are you creating it. Sometimes even if you have space, you can add why. Uh, but again, I, I've seen different like 
actually and in all industries and then if it's a company or individual uh, so you can you can see a lot of examples and what I what I find really interesting is when people take inspiration not really like oh this is what the competitors do so we're kind of like gonna merge that and maybe add our mission statement in there but maybe from a very different field uh, so that that could really work and uh, I will also mention one thing for me again as a, as a long-form content uh, creator somebody else probably might di uh, have different answers but uh, I, I would say that if you start with like really examining what your stories are and these five uh, five levels you will be easily able to write your about page which i think is the second most visited page after the um you know the the home page uh, or like a landing yeah, of course it can be a landing page too uh, and from there if you look at the about us story more from like a customer point of view then you can be able to also refine uh, some of your claims as well. Like I've seen that be done. So that would probably be my answer. Again, not being specifically, you know, like focused on this, on this one bit. Okay. I'm curious if, if you do have, because you also work in the space. So do you have a, a framework? Uh, well, yeah, so this stage was, uh, we are working into the story brand framework. That's the yeah. one I'm trying to follow up, and is is more f well, is directly the storytelling framework. Saying okay, I need to make sure that in the first fall of the screen, uh, we are talking about who is the hero and the meaning, the customer, what are the problems that you are solving to them, and what is the solution that you are yeah. offering as a company and uh, you as a company are the guide of the of the hero meaning the the mentor of of the hero who is the customer right so so yeah. it would be kind of uh, summarizing this <laughs> into a short format <laughs> how to bring the hero of the problem and the solution in one place says <laughs> Uh, but I, I agree Absolutely. with you as well with your about us approach that that coming out of the about us then you can redefine how the copywriting is made in the other parts of the site. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So yeah. So but of course there are a lot of different ways to approach it, right? So the most important thing is to understand the. The idea of the storytelling that is is this approach of okay yes yeah, saying okay you can have the customer uh, as the center of your copywriting right um, yeah I uh, mm. actually I do have one thing to add which is mm. probably a technicality but what also works if you have the capacity and it doesn't have to be done complicated is to test uh, several um, copies because you can think that you nailed it. I mean, I, I had experienced that uh, with a client, like they, um, it was, I was just coming in and they already had the results and they were happy with, like they finally felt like they nailed it. And when they launched the, the kind of like a new claim or, you know, like this, this new like homepage um, motto and everything, uh, it turned out that the original one that's been there for, you know, like a year before, 
uh, actually performed much better because maybe it was in simpler words or actually I don't I don't really know because I really like the new one myself and I think it was really true for the company and we also thought like um, what are the factors like if SEO also plays a role like I mean a copy was there already for a year so how you know does it in like how is the traffic uh, or there is certain traffic coming like from those uh, like already existing words so yeah like if you a b test like what all uh, comes into play but that's the thing like one thing is that for you it finally hits uh, but then you have the data even if it's just quality data like you take 20 people who are in the cust like you know like the customer persona and you speak to them or you do like the cold like you put it on the website and you actually a b test and that's very interesting for me i'm actually really learning about about all this these days okay sounds good um just as a maybe as a follow-up on for people who want to start improving their copywriting so uh, mm -hmm. i assume as well do you follow several maybe books or where did you get your knowledge as well or uh, or podcasts or stuff like that do you oh, have any yeah. inspiration into this or yeah. oh yeah okay that's hard <laughs> because i think there have been so many mm -hmm. uh i think what you mentioned the storyboard and in general a hero's journey is very very helpful even and there are like helpful frameworks even the how many archetypes are there? 12, right? It's the 12 archetypes of branding. They are also very, very helpful in storytelling because you know if the company you work with is the archetype of this like progressive leader, like technology progressive leader, like uh, probably Apple would be, you know, the disruptor. Or if it's more like the, the funky magician, like Disney would be, for example. So those... Uh, and there are probably more these are the two that really because i use them basically daily not actively but I, I mean having them in your like the way you have storyboard in your mind uh so the hero's journey and uh, uh, the archetypes the 12 archetypes and then as per books i like this is so weird because i i read it when i was probably 15 or, or 18. uh i really do come back to stephen king's uh, about writing which is not again like it's not a storytelling um, framework but it is uh, it, it is like I use it to today and even the um, I think there is not really sure if he wrote a book about it but Ogilvy definitely has things like basically these like big uh, names uh, in the industry um, as per books, I don't necessarily have uh, one that would like stand out that I would ha like have to uh, recommend it. Uh, in terms of storytelling, I did enjoy uh, Elizabeth Gilbert wrote Big Magic, and it, it was probably something that like woke me up to to actually give validation to storytelling, you know, as as a job, like as an angle to use in my copywriting. And as per podcasts and even websites, I, I just think, like at this point, I, I definitely learn from everywhere, but it's mostly like from examples. 
and from maybe micro influencers and I, uh, I don't have like a space that I would go to and learn so I can definitely think of a library and maybe you can put it as a, as a show notes yeah makes sense feel free to share later on so don't worry about this for now <laughs> yeah that was the hardest question <laughs> for me good so well you should be happy because maybe this is the last question so <laughs> <laughs> oh my god yeah okay uh if people can reach you out so can how can they do it uh, uh, sure. So I am mostly on LinkedIn under Pavla Lokajova, which is P-A-V-L-A-L-O-J-K-J-L-O-K-A-J-O-V-A. Oh my God, <laughs> it's not my name wrong. And uh, yeah, that's that's mostly where I'm at. I'm actually at the at finally at the stage where I uh, I'm actually you know, like learning, uh, taking my own advice and I'm creating my brand, uh, my website and all these things. And it's very enjoyable, but also very long. <laughs> so it's taking time. So LinkedIn is the place. Okay, understood. So thank you very much, Pavla, for your time today and all the knowledge that you have shared with us and your story. So all the best and we keep talking. Yeah. Thank you. And thank you for inviting me. <laughs> yeah, you're welcome. Uh, thanks for joining me. See you. Bye. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> Thank you very much for joining us. We hope you have enjoyed this episode and gained valuable insights. Feel free to share with your friends and looking forward to seeing you next time. <laughs>